Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. Hello, I'm Nick Curtis, the Evening Standards Chief Theatre Critic, and this is the Evening Standards Theatre Podcast. Every Sunday we'll be talking about two shows currently on in London and giving you our honest, unvarnished opinions. This is your go-to theatre guide, your little black book, if you will, of what's on in the West End and across London right now. Today we're coming to you from the Shaftesbury Theatre in the heart of London's West End. This week I'm joined by Nancy Durrant, the Evening Standards Culture Editor. Yes, from the actual stage, which is a slightly unnerving experience for a theatre critic, I'd have thought. I always find it, I'm always quite excited actually when I get to see the guts of the theatre rather than just sitting out in the stalls. And I had a tour of this place last week because it's been uh, subject to a, a refurbishment costing over £10 million. Crikey. Which has included a new fly tower on the roof, so the... the box that they fly all the sets in from um, and lots of new ladies lose that I know a lot of our audience members will be very happy to hear about. So this theatre is currently home to Anne Juliet, the compilation musical that I think we both enjoyed and I think um, everybody seems to enjoy. Literally everyone, I think. Literally everybody loves Anne Juliet. It's also, interesting thing, fact fans, uh, it's the last theatre that was built on Shaftesbury Avenue in 1911 and was originally called the New Prince's Theatre. It became the Shaftesbury Theatre after the original Shaftesbury Theatre was destroyed in the war by bombs. Also, you told me earlier that it is the only theatre in London where you can retract the roof, which is James bond task. It is James Bond-tastic. It is one of, apparently, only two theatres in the UK where the roof can be retracted, initially for um, ventilation purposes. Uh, This was, of course, the days when people were still smoking and when there were still limelights in theatres, so things got incredibly hot. Um, They apparently do occasionally open it when they do tech rehearsals here, just to give the the technicians a bit of sky to look at. Nice. Nice. Anyway, well, welcome to the Evening Standards' first ever theatre podcast. Very exciting for all of us, and I hope for all of you out there. Uh, We're going to be reviewing two shows every week, as I said earlier, and this week we're starting off with Tammy Faye. This is a musical about the 1980s televangelist Tammy Faye Baker, who with her husband founded a religious TV channel funded by Ted Turner and came to a somewhat sticky end. She was also a gay icon, rather unusually in the televangelical world. and this is, well, this is an extraordinary project, really. The book, that is, the words that are not the lyrics, is written by James Graham, the author of Sherwood, which was very popular on TV last year. And yeah. of Ink countless. as well. Ink and as well. Quiz and and quiz also. House, loads of stuff. He's, a most, he's the most amazingly prolific author that we have at the moment. The music is written by none other than Elton John and the lyrics by Jake Shears out of the Scissor Sisters. It's a really, really strange and wonderful show. What did you think of it, Nancy? I really, really enjoyed it. It was a really fun experience to watch from start to finish. I thought that the performances were fantastic. It's just, it never lets up its energy. And the lead, Katie Braben, who plays Tammy Faye, and also Andrew Rannells as Jim Baker, 
I thought they were just fantastic. They really held the stage. I thought Katie Bregman was extraordinary. She has the most amazingly powerful voice. Astonishing. Um, it feels like she could sort of knock down the pearly gates with it, doesn't <laughs> she? Andrew Reynolds, I thought, was very good as well. He was he was um, very recognisable from Book of Mormon and had the same sort of slightly sweaty, slightly <laughs> anxious yeah, exactly. demeanour that he had in that. I think he's obviously sort of cornered the market in slightly screwball religious types. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's for a, a musical that's about essentially religion and right-wing politics, it's amazingly good fun. It's quite a strange combination, but there's so much to this story. It really packs in a hell of a lot. I think they do it really well. I think they do the, the, the set is is gorgeous and they do the sort of televangelists on the screens at the back really beautifully. I think it's really constantly engaging. It's beautifully done. It's quite low tech. It's almost like a sort of Muppet show, isn't it? With yeah. people popping out of TV screens and uh, to give their, their opinions or to preach at you. What I find interesting is that I think it's approaching the political situation that we have in America here, which is uh, very, very hard right Republican views backed up by ostensibly religious beliefs mm. uh, and I think James Graham is essentially finding the seeds of that back in the late 70s and 80s. I think you're right and his current play which is about to open at the West, in the West End of course is Best of Enemies which picks up that kind of how did we start with this uh, kind of incredibly combative media situation that we're in now especially in the US um, and so I think he's been thinking about this stuff before but I kind of feel like that is quite oblique as you say and it, I did wonder like this is a really strange story in a way for a British team, or that not Jake Shears of course, but the other two, to pick up uh, and run with um, because I think if you are a Brit and you haven't seen the film that came out in 2021 with Jessica Chastain, which is called um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, you would not have the faintest clue who Tammy Faye Baker is. I didn't know who she was. We don't have televangelists. It's a very, very almost alien world to us and I just it was just a really interesting choice I think the one thing about that is that I assume that what they want to do is take it to Broadway which at least is yes. a kind of you know a kind of chink into how theatre works on a kind of global level but it is a bit odd I suspect yes I suspect you're right about taking it to Broadway I wonder if this is a slight uh, generational thing because given that I'm a bit older than you um, <laughs> I remember this being in the ether in the 80s the okay. sort of scandals that hit not just the bakers but all the uh, all the televangelists which is, is sort of rolled out during the course of the plot here, yeah. isn't it? You learn where they've all betrayed their supposed ideals. Uh, Jim Baker was accused of seducing, to put it generously, an mm. aide, certainly, uh, in an unhealthy fashion. He was sent to prison for quite some time. Well, that was for fraud as well. That was for fraud as well, I mean, yes. Yes, there's. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it has to be said that I think uh, even though this musical casts Tammy Faye as some sort of heroine, yeah. It's quite generous to her, I think we both felt. It's very forgiving. I mean, you know, she. I think it's clear that she didn't quite know everything that was going on, but there's an element of choice in that, I think. It's like, oh, I'll just let Jim deal with that so that I don't have to. But also, she did buy everything in sight, you know, diamonds and furs and shoes. I mean, she had a closet like Imelda Marcos. There is a level at which I think blame could be apportioned in a way that isn't necessarily so much in this one. She's very much the heroine, as you say. Yes, I agree. I think that there's a lovely line, isn't there, about how much she spent on eyeliner, given that yeah. her, her eyes were, were apparently one of the great parts of her appeal. Yeah. Uh, and she had this extraordinary connection to the audience uh, that she would literally reach out towards the camera and people would feel that she was sort of touching their souls. And it it is sort of interesting, though, that she did become a gay icon, partly yeah. by having guests who... Um, well, particularly one particular guest who uh, 
a pastor who'd contracted AIDS was on her show and uh she demonstrated extraordinary empathy that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah, well, especially not on a on a televangelist channel. I mean, that was absolutely uh, just completely unheard of. Uh, all of the others that were kind of preaching fire and brimstone for homosexuals at the time. It was an extraordinary thing to do and very risky. Yes. Um, that was definitely a wonderful thing to do. But I do think that the story is so kind of knotty of these people that... I never say this, but I do. I think it could have benefited from being 15 minutes longer just to let the story breathe a bit because keeping the running time reasonably tight for a musical, I think may have sort of knocked off some of the sharper edges that could have stayed a bit honed. Maybe you're right. It's very, it, is, it is very sort of brisk and, yeah. uh, and lively and it sort of barrels along, doesn't it? Should we just talk about the songs for a minute? Yes, they're very sly and very witty, a lot of them. Uh, particularly there's a number called He's Inside Me, which is obviously about the Holy Spirit, but sort of also not. Yeah, really, really not. <laughs> really, really not. Uh, Promised Me is a, is, a great, is a cracking number. Look How Far We've Fallen, I thought was great with all the evangelists at the end. Yeah talking about their 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 moral decline um and uh, well katie braben just knocks it out of the park with the penultimate number if you came to see me cry oh yeah you, that which is, is that's one that just it sort of sticks in your head doesn't it yeah. completely and it's just uh it's such a great performance i think it is it's one of those really barnstorming numbers like no way i'm leaving without you from dream girls that yeah. just sort of gets that knocks the whole audience back on their heels yeah yeah definitely no i thought it was fantastic Right, let's go to the ads. Coming up, was marvellous at the new At Soho Place Theatre, able to dismantle my reservations, and did it live up to its title? We'll be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Let's dive straight into our second pick today, which is Marvellous at the At Soho Place Theatre. Literally the worst theatre name in the world. The worst theatre name they could possibly have come up with. Just to explain, it's at the ampersandsing symbol, then Soho Place, all one word. So it's called At Soho Place. It's deeply naff, but... We're going to just stick with it. It's the first uh, purpose-built new theatre in the West End for 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's a very generous auditorium. I'm struggling to think of anything nice I can say about the building itself beyond that, really, which feels sort of like a Dubai five-star departure lounge. Yeah, it's, it's a slightly weird. I mean, it, I think I'm hoping that it will kind of come into its own a little bit. And obviously it has literally only just opened, but um, I must admit that... Um, when I was there, which was a Saturday, and only the stalls 
were occupied, there was still a queue outside the ladies at the interval. And I don't see why you would build a new theatre that doesn't have enough ladies lose. It's extraordinary. I, I literally cannot believe it. Particularly as this is built by by the only theater, large theatre group run by a woman. I, know. Burns. I, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. But you know what? The auditorium is lovely. It is lovely. And it'll be interesting to see when a few of the corners have been knocked off it. I mean, exactly. a lot of these th- new buildings have to be run in and people have to find out how to use them. And presumably some flexibility has been built into the structure. It's been built by very accomplished theatre architects. But anyway, we're here to talk about the show that's yes, in exactly. it. Marvellous, the opening production, which is... Um, a strange and rather charming show. I'll summarise it as best I can. It's about Neil Nello Baldwin, uh, who is a neurodiverse chap from Staffordshire, who variously has become a lay preacher, a mascot for his local football team, a greeter for over 50 years at his local university, I think. Um, he was a clown? He was a clown. Very Yes, that's very important to the plot. The yeah. He was a clown, I think. Um, and generally seems to be a man who has not let... Um, um, anything stop him do what he wants to do I know it's quite wonderful and he there was actually a film made about him as well which was also called Marvellous I believe uh, which I haven't seen but uh, that had Toby Jones in the leading role that's right it's based on his autobiography co-written with a friend of his who mm. was mayor of Stoke I believe uh, also called Marvellous and it is rather marvellous and unusual uh, as a show. The character of Neil is initially split up amongst a number of different actors many of them uh non-neurotypical and then the action is sort of subverted by the main actor playing Neil who springs out of the audience and starts bossing the action around and interrupting people and stopping them doing their long prepared prose poem speeches that thank God thank God yes we want fewer of those on stage really I found it rather charming what did you think yeah I thought it was lovely that um the actor that plays real Neil um and indeed the other actors who play him and the other characters throughout the play they all sort of arrived in the auditorium a little bit before the start of the show and just started chatting to people in a way that I think is probably very very similar to what Neil would have done yes um and Neil by the way is there he was there on the night I went which was just a Saturday you know and he was there on Yes. I think he's there every night mm. and you know he stands up at the end I think he's got a, an OBE it is an OBE in, I think uh, yes and he's wearing that and he's just he's just there because he loves it so much and it's just really it's actually just really really lovely to be in that room with that story being told with the person who it's being told about it's just really nice it it's is very kind and generous and and forgiving Ooh. And warm. Yes, yeah. it's very warm. It's also, it's a slightly, it's not what you'd expect the first purpose-built theatre in the West End for 50 years to be opened with. You'd sort of expect no. a musical or you'd expect star names. You'd yeah. expect something blockbustery. And this is entirely the opposite of that. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's about a bloke from Staffordshire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who didn't do anything that a lot of people would think significant. Mm. You know, it's like his, his achievements are immense in his life but like you, you know he's not he's not won the nobel peace prize he's not you know he's not sort of changed the world for women in afghanistan you know what i mean he's just he's just a bloke who has lived his life in a lovely way despite quite a lot of people not thinking he would be able to do anything yes and actually yes. that's just a really nice story and it's also I- it, it started at the New Vic Theatre in Staffordshire, this show. It's been brought in from there. And there's something quite sort of sweet about that as well somehow. It sort of shows how, how 
London and the regions are interconnected. Yeah. It's quite nice having having a show that that asks London theatre goers to sort of think outside their box. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, there were there were a lot of of uh, local football references that yeah. went straight over my I head. I mean, completely. well over my head, definitely. Yes. I mean, definitely. football tends to go over my head anyway, but <laughs> uh, but particularly sort of uh, football from the Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I would be really interested to know what um, the response of neurodiverse people and their families and friends. Um, because I think it's incredibly chaotic, this show. Mm. And at first I was like, is that deliberate? Is that by mistake? Is it a bit of both? But I think that I'm begin- I've sort of been thinking about it since and I've kind of realised that the way it's structured, it's maybe more of a reflection of its subject than I thought. Like it's not just his story, it's also a reflection of the way that he thinks and sees the world. Yes. And I think that's quite exceptional yes it's very deliberately non-linear isn't it yeah. the whole thing and, and just it's like experience is coming at you from every angle yeah. in it and and there is uh, you never know when something is going to be interrupted or going to take a complete 90 degree turn into something totally different yeah and there are bits I mean I, I found myself thinking at certain points like why are we being told about this entirely inconsequential event even if it was just a few lines I was like well okay uh, fine but then when i thought about that i sort of th- i think that what that reflects is the importance of certain things to someone who who has a different type of brain mm. right so like he sees value in things that i perhaps have not been trained to see value in you mm. know like like i was saying you know it's not we, we kind of expect plays to be made about people who've made great achievements but in fact i think the values that come out of this play you wrote about this in your review are, you know, be happy, make other people happy, be kind. Yes. Which is just literally all that matters. It's not a bad message to take away (laughs) from you at the end of the evening. And I should also say that uh, Neil Baldwin has, of course, not ruled out becoming Prime Minister someday. Well, I mean, quite right. So let's all, well, let's all cling to that hope, shall we? Yes, (laughs) exactly. So that's uh, marvellous at at Soho Place, still the worst name still in the worst London theatre. Uh, a new 602-seat flexible playhouse, the first purpose-built theatre to be built in the West End for 50 years. So there we are, a very good week for the first Evening Standard Theatre podcast. Mm. Two shows which uh, got four-star ratings out of five. Yeah. Um, let's hope next week is just as good. Mm, Thank you, Nancy. See. Thank you. This has been the Evening Standards Theatre Podcast. I'm Nick Curtis. And I'm Nancy Durrant. You can find us online at standard.co.uk slash culture. The Leader Podcast will be back tomorrow from 4pm and we'll see you again next Sunday for a brand new episode. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.